Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Hey, y'all. Grab a Coke and a bag of peanuts because it's time for RDTN. And on this episode, the guys bring you, in a nutshell, a preview of Cult from Cryptozoic and a new version of the 5-Minute Initiative featuring classic games, starting out with Stone Age. Y'all ask Marty and Tony about the Coke and Peanuts. And welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a board gaming podcast. This is episode number 139, Drag Me Down. I'm Tony. And this is Marty. We have recovered from the squirrelies. Oh. Yeah, Tony, that is a huge undertaking. It is definitely the most time-consuming episode to produce each year, but it's one of the most rewarding, too. Well, I'm glad because, you know, all I got to do is sit on the green couch and watch you work your little fingers, do your magic, blend it all together, make it sound beautiful. You you help a lot with the coordination. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes coordination, getting all the people to give the awards and everything like that. And, and we couldn't do it without all of our wonderful friends out there who will gladly come on and contribute their time uh, to make the show basically what it is. And, and people seem to enjoy it. And it's just our special RDTN reward show doing something a little bit different, which is uh, what we're all about. And Rodney Smith. <laughs> and, 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 and Rodney Smith. Speaking of doing something a little bit different, yes. uh, can we stop picking boy bands for the title of the episodes? A few episodes you went, I think it was, uh, was it Backstreet Boys you went on me? Yeah, I went I went on with the, the Backstreet Boys, that's right. And then you did like a Britney Spears thing. The Scurry got upset about that. They came back and said, okay, look, you owe us like a Led Zeppelin or something like that. And you came back with an awesome Led Zeppelin only to be followed up by drag me down by one direction. No, I mean, from a standpoint of, you know, we were told to get more relevant, stop showing our age. So, you know, when you Google top songs from 2015, 2016, 2017, when then I'm listening to them, and then one thing led from One Direction to karaoke in the car, which led to me three hours later because I watched all of those. And then I said, oh, I really need to pick a video or a song title for this episode. And that got me back to drag me down by One Direction. I always look for your little tie-in with the episode, and I'm missing it with, with drag me down. Uh, it was around the game, The Cult, that we're going to talk about. Oh. Okay, yes, yes, yes. A Kickstarter that's out right now from Cryptozoic. So, all right, let me let me drop, drop some trivia on you, Tony. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. One Direction, one of their biggest uh, uh, stars is, is who? Uh, Harry Styles. Who was in the movie Dunkirk? Exactly. Who, which was a big Christopher Nolan movie, which is up for an Academy Award, which happens to be this coming Sunday, which also happens to be one of the movies I picked late in our summer movie draft, which actually helped put me over the top to be the champion once again. And in one month, we'll be doing this all over again with our summer movie selection. So Yes, the trivia has about zero to do with One Direction, but it was a nice little tie-in to uh, the movie that kind of put me right over the top. And actually, I'll give Harry Styles credit. He did good in that movie. He didn't talk. 
That's why he did so good in that movie. Oh, wow. That's that's just <laughs> cool. Look, I, I'm assuming that not a lot of teenage females listen to this show, so I doubt we're going to be getting a lot of hate mail. I doubt it, too. I mean, you know, our demographics are not there, and that's okay. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> I don't expect, I mean, like you said in one of your predictions, I mean, they're over on Twitch. They're playing that thing. Or whatever's beyond Twitch now. Well, I was talking to some people some younger employees at work and they basically told me that it's all based on Instagram now. That's all they use. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I need to up my game on Instagram. No, not really. That's the platform to be on. And we got you posting a game here and there and potato chips or maybe pie or something like that. But yes, Instagram seems to be the tool to go. Snapchat is dead, he was telling me. Nobody uses it anymore. The whole purpose of Snapchat is so that you can share things and then they're like gone. Isn't that like the internet? The whole purpose of it is to share things, but it's never gone. Yeah, but it's never gone. That was the beauty of Snapchat is you can share pictures and stuff and they're supposedly gone. Okay. Well, I don't know these things. So anyway... You got Chaz out of the basement. Did we? Yeah, he's gone. So so that gag is over. We're done with that one? Thank okay, goodness. So, so that, run- <laughs> that running gag is now complete. I got on Facebook. Did you see that? I got on Facebook. I did. You actually posted... On our Facebook page, I was I was stunned when I when I saw it this morning. It's like Tony here, and it's like, did he screw up? What what is he doing? And then you do like this like movie review from out of nowhere. If you're over on our Facebook page, that's Rolling Dice Taking Names. If you're over there, you know, in this movie Game Night, mm-hmm. did you ever see Bad Bosses? I did not. I didn't either. So I was kind of weary about going in there. I was concerned about the language that may be in it. And the language, there was you know, a scene, but other than that, it wasn't that over the top with language. And I was like, I am pleasantly surprised here. And the reason why we're bringing this up is because I went and saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, but why did you go see the movie? Because I got free passes. How else would I go see the movie? <laughs> why did you get free passes? Oh my gosh, why do I have to drag this out of you? <laughs> because it's funny. Uh, <laughs> because Warner Brothers contacted us mm-hmm. and said, would y'all like to go? And we shared it out. And also your audience members in the Charlotte area. And we said, sure. And so uh, we were able to go. Don and I went and we got to see the movie. And it was a very diverse crowd. I mean, it was a free movie. But you had people in there who were pulling out gigantic tubs of popcorn from their bags because they had sat there to try to get good seats for since five o'clock. I was really pleasantly surprised by that movie. So if you get the opportunity, definitely I would say stream it. Now, this was uh, actually a pretty interesting event because didn't they have like board games and stuff set up uh, beforehand that people could play? Loosely, you could call it board games. Yes, they had a giant Jenga. Mm -hmm. They had Twister, which I would have loved if you had gone with us, you and I playing Twister down there. That should be one of the pod pledge levels. Should it? Yeah, actually, (laughs) we contacted the people who were, were promoting this and we actually offered to help. And maybe run some of the games. And there, there there was two showings here in Charlotte. And there was one uptown and one to the one that you went. And neither one of us could go to the uptown event. But that's the one they wanted us to help with. Because we thought about bringing the Excel version of code names, mm-hmm. Which would have been perfect in that situation. But it, it just didn't work out. So uh, a big thank you to them for reaching out to us. Uh, I, I'm not sure how they found us. I guess they probably just searched for board game content creators in the area. And they, and they found us. And they gave us 
like you like you said, free passes uh, that we could give out to people and 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 go see it. And and Mister, uh, you were VIP as you didn't have to wait in line and you got a special seat. I did. It wasn't the best seat, but it was at least I didn't have to wait in line, and I appreciated that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, when you have it, flaunt it. <laughs> Well, I won't be flaunting anything because I sure as heck don't. I don't either. So, yeah, seriously, Marty, I I think you and Vanessa would really enjoy it, especially. um, I know you're not going to go out and spend $12, $15, $20, whatever movie costs. I still go to only the $5 movies. But enough about movies. That episode is coming two months from now when Chris Kirkman and Dan Patrice join us again. One of my favorite episodes because, and it's a long one, always long. It has to be because it's us four. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do try to cap it at two hours, which is long for us. And they always whine, why you got to keep us at just two hours? It's like, look, just because y'all do three-hour shows doesn't mean we want to do a three-hour show. Pee break. We got we got to go pee. Oh, speaking of which, did you go pee before this? I did. A couple episodes ago. Okay. I did. Bladder check. I'm good. What pants are you wearing? Can you see these? Um, I saw them when you were adjusting yourself earlier. <laughs> I've gone to my recording britches, my my uh, PJs. These are my, this is second pair. This is not the uh, Spider-Man ones. These are my emoji um, pajamas my mom got me for Christmas. He's wearing emoji PJ pants. It's these black pants with a bunch of emoji faces all over them and... He's now showing with the with the black socks, man. That is uh, that is about right. I am an old man who comes home and wants to get comfortable. Now I'm stretched out on the green couch. Life is good. <laughs> black crew socks and emoji PJ pants. Hey, man, you gotta relax. I mean, you gotta take this recording easy because you won't let me wear them. When we have game day like we did this past Sunday. Uh, Correct. But I will one day. Hey, when we have Lord of the Rings RPG over here, by gosh, everybody's in them. Marty's not. Okay. When I was in Walmart, a guy was walking around in his Star Wars PJ pants. Well, this is Walmart. You you see lots of uh, interesting things at Walmart that people wear. I know, but still, we were, you won't let me wear them over at your your um, house when we go have game day, and we got to play Sunday. We got to play the one we've already mentioned, the cult. Um, very excited to talk about that tonight. And then we also got to do a little V Commandos. We're going to talk about that, and and what else are we going to talk about? Uh, we're also going to talk about two other things. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one you're referring to. You can tell the squirrelies are over. We are way off our game. <laughs> well, I, know, I know that was a nice throw to me because you wanted me to say something, but I'm sitting there looking at the show notes, going, "I'm not sure what you're wanting me to say here." Well, we we we're not going to talk about, it, but we got to play Pulsar again. Oh yes, 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 we did. Uh boy, that's becoming a uh, a fun little staple for us. I mean, it was funny, too. It was like a, we had finished playing, um, uh, like you said, uh, Cult, which we'll talk about in a little bit, V Commandos. And they were like, what do you want to play now? What do you want to play now? And I said, well, we got uh, Pulsar 2849. Everybody went, yes. Even the two guys who hadn't played before, like, yes, after hearing you guys talking about it, we want to try it out. And uh, we played it, and it was just as good as the times we've played before. Game pissed me off. <laughs> 
I thought I was doing well. Well, you know what's so cool is I t- I did a totally different strategy this time. I was trying to. Past strategies, I've tried to do the, the technologies where you tried to link up the technologies and stuff and try to take advantage of that and have a recurring victory points. This time, I just went straight hardcore. What are the in-game victory point conditions and how many of those can I get? I didn't win, but I did still come in second. I came in last. Stupid game. But it was tight. It was very tight. No, it, well, it was nowhere was- near tight. I was I was almost lapped again. There was only like a 30-point spread between the four of us. In that game, that's huge, especially... Okay, so my strategy was to try to get the Gyrodynes up and running, score mm-hmm. some easy victory points off to keep up with everybody, but try to go out and explore as much as I could. I kept, unfortunately, getting dice that allowed me to move one or two. Nobody stopped you from picking up the four, fives, or sixes. Oh, but if I picked up the four, five, and six, which is the beauty of this game, then you have to hurt your influence, which is where you get to go in the next round, or do you get the engineering cubes? I was going to say you could have uh, forfeited engineering cubes instead. Well, we know the value of engineering cubes. Let's not (laughs) review this whole freaking game again. I know, I know. But anyway, go back and listen to our our review of that. It is such a unique game, and the whole thing about the dice selection mechanic and how it affects your basically your starting position each round and the ability to get some free engineering cubes which are some good resources to have is what makes this game so sweet and that's exactly what the two people who we play with who never played before that's what they zeroed on and it's like that dice action selection mechanic is flipping phenomenal yeah whatever I, lo- I enjoy the game. I love the dice. I like the fact that uh, well, at the end, I was able to put my token on a place where somebody else wanted to go. And that's fine because he won the cult earlier because somebody decided to make him king. I was mm-hmm. good with that, screwing him over. The king making. You got, oh, mm. And it's not me the last time you hear the word king making tonight because uh, that happened later on in another game too that kind of ticked me off. All right, enough of this crap. Let's get to something that's really important. <laughs> enough of this crap. <laughs> We're talking about games. He's like, enough of this crap. Okay, what's really important? Another huge thank you to all those who went out and nominated Rolling Dice and Taking Names for the Board Game Geek Golden Geek Award again. Thank you, thank you once again. That means more than anything to me. Yeah, and it's one of those things, this is our fourth year in a row, and uh, just as much as the first time we got it, I am surprised and very humbled because there's a lot of new content creators coming out every year, and a lot of them are really good, and they stand out. (laughs) They beat us old farts. Exactly. And like I said, one of my predictions was, is is we've got this younger group coming in that's going to kind of push us out. So that's why it means a lot that we're still (laughs) somewhat relevant, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A a lot of other of our good buddies were nominated. There are a lot of people that uh, had been nominated in the past that weren't nominated this year. A lot of new nominees, but we were there again. And thank you so much. And uh, as, a, as of the release of this episode, voting will still be going on, and we would love to have your vote and see how we do this year. But I'll go ahead and make my prediction. I think Ludology will win. But hey, maybe we can make a placement or something. I'm on I'm on Rado. You're on Rado. You think Rado's going to take yeah, it? Okay. I think Rado's going to take I, it. I, I think either one of those, I, I would not be um, surprised at. But anyway, that's not the whole point. The point is, thank you so much for the people who took time to nominate us. It means the world to us. Tony has to figure out where to put our fourth medal on our BGG page because it's all nice and uh, symmetrical now. Mm -hmm. So that fourth one's going to throw it off. 
we'll, we'll take care of that when that time comes. Now, yes. speaking of time of year, oh my gosh, it's like going Kickstarter. It's exploding. It, it's like, okay, just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I backed uh, Gentis, Gentis Deluxified. Yep. I, my finger was hovering over Fields of Green expansion, and I didn't push the trigger there because I was like, I haven't gotten it on the table in almost six months, so why get the expansion? And then, sure. you know, our good buddy Dan King, I'm, my finger's on that backing. I will definitely hit that, make that action happen. And then, on top of that, I've got another Kickstarter. We've got the Edge of Darkness. It's got a yep. huge, you know, we're bit, we were doing a big discussion about that, and and do we want to look at that and and the add-ons versus if you go to the Guildmaster level versus at the hundred dollar level, you'll get only certain things. They just keep coming in and in, and then they don't show up until November, Marty. Till November, I've forgotten about them. Oh well, here's the thing. I think Edge of Darkness is next year. Well, that's crap. But there's another big one that was released today, too. Uh, the Batman game from Monolith, the same people that did Conan. It's already right now. It just came out today. $1.6 million. I'm Batman. And I am very interested in that game because I heard a lot of good things about the experience with Conan. Mm-hmm. Conan. Conan O'Brien. It's Conan O'Brien and Conan the Barbarian. So <laughs> anyway, um, and I, I'm a so-so uh, Conan fan, but I'm a huge Batman fan. So uh, I want to look a little bit more into this game, but the problem is it's like 140 bucks, man. Just to get in is 140 and that's just for the core. So I'm going to have to really decide, you know, is this something people will play with? I know that we were talking to our other Scurry reporters, uh, Mark and Nate. They're both interested in it. And it's one of those things, well... All three of us don't need to back it. So I'm going to try to push them to do it so I don't have to. We've got Shadespire. Why do we need to go out to Batman just when you got Shadespire? That has nothing. It has, it's not a minute. It's a board game. It's totally different. I thought it was the miniatures of Batman and all. No, it's like a, it's like a zombie side or any other Simon game. It just happens to have a lot of miniatures, but at its core, it's a board game. It's a one versus many board game. Okay, see, that just right there did not sell me on it. Okay, okay. Well, nobody's telling you to go back to things. Are they going to have an app? No, it will not be like uh, Mansions of Madness or Imperial Assault. No, it won't be. So one versus many. So, I mean, I mean, we don't play those. Why would you want to back something that we don't ever get to play? Have we played? I mean, it's been... We, we haven't played Mansions for a long time. Well, Mansions isn't a one versus many anymore. Well, I know with the app, but I'm just saying, we never played it at the beginning, then the app came out and we played it. Okay, here's the thing. I didn't own Mansions of Madness. Okay. I only have only owned one, one versus many games, and that was Descent. Okay. Okay. What's your point? <laughs> I don't, what are we talking about? We're talking about how Kickstarter is trying to drain our freaking wallets <laughs> is what we're talking about. Yes, yes. There are a lot of big Kickstarters going on. And you mentioned uh, our buddy Dan King, who has a uh, a Kickstarter going on. And it actually, that brings us up to a brand new segment uh, that we want to introduce, Tony. Yes, it's another segment that, 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 that we've been talking about we want to do. And this is one we're excited about, because this is kind of one that we want to give people a voice and a chance uh, to to share uh, some content they're creating or or some uh, if they're looking for help or something on Kickstarter, we want to give them a little window of opportunity to come on our show and do that. And that's exactly what we're going to do with our brand new segment called Shameless Plug. And the first people that's ever going to be on Shameless Plug are our good friends who were also at the Squirrelies Man versus Meeple. 
This is David and Jeremy from Man Vs. Meeple, and first, we just want to thank Marty and Tony for letting us come on and tell you about our upcoming Kickstarter. Yeah, we think of all the podcasts out there, the quality and professionalism of Rolling Dice and Taking Names is truly one of a kind. Look, so we don't want to take up too much of your time, so we'll get right to it. Our Man Vs. Meeple Season 2 Kickstarter is up and running, and we'd love for you to stop by and check it out if you haven't already. We have an amazing selection of goodies this year with 25 different promos, over 70 different game bundles, and we have some shirts for add-ons that are probably one of the coolest things that we've done on our Kickstarter. Yeah, so many game publishers have been incredibly generous with us this year. It's their support and yours that makes Man Vs. Meeple possible. Not to mention the great help from top-notch podcasts like Rolling Dice and Taking Names, In all seriousness, we really appreciate all the support we get and hope we can keep adding to the channel with new and different board game content. While it is our job, we have a lot of fun doing it and our Kickstarter backers help make it all possible. And if you're already a viewer, thanks for watching. And if not, come on over to our channel and check it out. We'd love to hear what you think about us in the comments below. But what are we thinking? You're not on our channel right now. You're listening to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. So we'll send it back to Marty and Tony. Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, so that was the first and last time you'll have the segment uh, Shameless uh, Plug on this show. And uh, hey, sometimes uh, all ideas just don't always work. No, they don't. You just have to deal with it. Okay. Now, in the news, you threw this across the desk about Mayfair not producing games. And I'm like... What in the world is this about? Okay, you know who Mayfair Games is, Yeah, right? I know who May. They produce games, yeah. What's their big game? Oh, crap. Like, I'm going to remember. Are you freaking kidding me? You've on a board game podcast for the past five years. How many publishers are there? I know. There's a lot. But Mayfair has been a mainstay for many years yes. with their one staple game that you have that's one of the first games you play i said katan i'm jerking your chain you ain't jerking my chain you didn't know you just googled it didn't you no i did not i'm reading my news episode so anyway mayfair's not going to produce katan is that what you're telling me is that a bad thing oh my gosh no that's 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 even old news that was sold to asmodee a long time ago. i know it was Mayfair has just basically said they're going to start producing games, period. They're shutting down. They're done. They're walking away. That's a major ordeal. You had this major game company that uh, from, gosh, I don't know how long they've been around. They've produced producing, you know, or publishing Catan over here since, like, what, the, the 90s. And that's mm-hmm. kind of been their main state thing. And they were kind of a sentimental company to me because... Uh, they're one of the first games that I, in the first companies I bought a game from. The first time I went to Gen Con, I was so impressed by their huge presence at Gen Con with their big Mayfair booth. Now, the first time I went to Gen Con was with the family. And uh, they had that thing, uh, uh, the thing they used to do where you would sit down and demo games, you can earn ribbons. And the ribbons that you earn are the different resources of Catan. If you earn each of the types of resources, you turn in those ribbons and you get uh, you you get uh, entries into uh, big prize giveaways. They gave away on the end of Sunday, and they also gave you like fifty percent off coupon of anything they had in their store, yes. which was a big deal. I remember that first year, me and my family we worked together. We were playing different games, trying to earn all the tokens. We did. We turned in our badges. We got our fifty percent off coupon, and the game we bought that I still have today that will never, ever leave my shelf is Pack and Stack. Wait a minute. You spent 50% off on Pack and Stack? You know what Pack and Stack goes for now on eBay? No. I have no clue. Oh, it's like 100 bucks. 
Get out of town. Because you can't find it anymore. And now, now watch somebody pick it up and publish it. Now it's not worth anything more. Regardless, it's a very nostalgic game for me. So I had these wonderful memories of sitting there at the Mayfair booth and playing the games. And on Sunday, uh, hundreds of people crowding around as the president got up on a table and started drawing numbers out of a bag, giving away prizes left and right that we never won. We did that like two years in a row. Mayfair just always has a huge presence. So it was kind of sad to see that they're gone and they won't, you know, be at the at the shows anymore. And I know I'm just messing with you, but you're absolutely right. Because I remember when you and I went to Origins, you helped me collect those so that I could get my 50% off. And I bought Nuns on the Run. I didn't spend my 50% well. I honestly thought you got Pillars of the Earth. No, no, no. I bought Pillars of the Earth uh, after I read the book. Oh, okay. Okay. Nuns on the Run is not a bad game. It's not a bad game, but so many other the uh, hidden ones, like uh, what's the one we just played for the Lord of the Rings, Hunt for the Ring? Yes. Yes, I agree with you. It is sad. I mean, you just think about the big displays that they had. The big Catan tournaments they had with oh, the yeah. big Catan tables and everything. It had the you know the world championships going on and people would come around and watch. I mean, I, it was they were just kind of a mainstay. I just, you know, surprised they're gone, but they, they sold off their, I think most of their assets to Asmodee. Uh, who will now be taking over, or was it Lookout Games? Anyway, somehow Asmodee's in play there. Right. Uh, in fact, Asmodee's in play everywhere. Imagine that. It's going to be an Asmodee world, digital, board games. They're just taking us over, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, basically, just to verify, uh, they've sold off all their remaining stock of games and all assets to Asmodee's North America. So yeah, Asmodee has it all. But you know what? Why? What's important to me is that they're finally coming out with the Cheaters edition of Monopoly. What is the Cheaters edition of Monopoly? Did you not read this? I did not. Okay, Mr. Who is Mayfair Games and what games they publish? No, I didn't read it. So so basically, everybody cheats in Monopoly. It's a given. You're going to. Somehow you're going to cheat. You're not going to collect rent because you're not going to tell somebody you landed on their space. You count one extra too many when you, when you roll the die. Anything to prolong that game of death, right? Okay. Oh, sure. So the Monopoly, you know, they said, hey, fine. If you want to cheat, we're just going to make a cheater's edition where all the rules are there, but there are certain cards that are available that will encourage you to break those rules. And you know how there was always a banker? Yes. Now the banker moves. So you're the banker. Now I'm the banker. And some of those cards may be, you know, maybe you... Take a little money from the bank. Or you may be collecting money like someone has to land on something and pay, and you say, yeah, that's going to be $20. Well, you don't own that property. And if you get caught cheating, you may you will go to jail. And they put plastic handcuffs in it. There you go. <laughs> Is this the kinky version? I don't know. I didn't say the handcuffs were in fur. I just simply say they're plastic <laughs> handcuffs. Who's putting this out? Why do you Hasbro? Well, I know USAopoly, you know, puts out stuff like that. Too, yeah, they so put I'm out sure they put out not. North Carolina Opoly, NC State Opoly, all the Opolies. Yes, I know that Star Wars Opoly. Why am I bringing this up? Because when you think you've seen every version of Opoly, mm-hmm. now here's a new one: Cheaters Monopoly. So maybe the game can be fun. You know, when they're trying to be deceit. Maybe you could write your own cheating rules. I don't know. It's hard telling. It might be worth a look if you still enjoy playing Monopoly. I'm seriously, I'm still looking for a copy of 
Tropical Tycoon Monopoly or Monopoly Tropical Tycoon written by Mr. Uh, designed by Mr. Davia. Which I'm actually was pretty good. I know. When I find that, and if the DVD is working, we are so streaming that live. Oh, it has a DVD? Yeah, it's part of the game. It has a DVD. The question is, do you know uh, where a DVD player is? Well, I have an Xbox and a PlayStation, so yeah. Okay, well, there you go. There's the answer to that question. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to one of our new segments called, in a nutshell, what we're going to do is this is where we're going to talk about little games that we've played here and there and just kind of hit some highlights on some of the, the games that we've experienced. And it could be board games, card games, or Tony, even apps. I know about some apps. I got this one app. It's called Ascension. Right, here we go. What? Yeah, we know about that one. Yeah, we know all about that. Matter of fact, people were making fun of me, Marty, just because I got beat by oh, 150 points. By who? By somebody from Stoneblade Entertainment. I'm not going to give Brian's name out. <laughs> I'm not going to name names. That's wrong of me. You got me blacklisted at Hop Sings? <laughs> she named name. Uh, yeah, but at least you were beat by, you know, like, uh, you know, somebody within the company and the publisher. That's pretty cool. That was embarrassing. Good gosh, that's one of those games. That's one thing about deck builders, Marty. On an app, sometimes mm-hmm. the cards just, you know, and even, I mean, even in the regular board games, where the luck of the draw just happens to benefit one individual. Sure. Now, yep. Yeah, sure. Don't don't give me the sure like in, yeah, right, you just played sucky. I know I didn't achieve it. So we were given the opportunity to try out a new deck building game called Age of Rivals. We got some- yeah. Got some codes. This is by Roboto Games. And over there on BGG, you know, they were talking about it was only a dollar um, as they were trying to get it. One of the things you're trying to do is you're doing a card draft where you are building up your city. And okay. in your city, you are trying to destroy or get 20 plus victory points. Okay. All right. And the victory points are on the cards, but not all the cards have victory points. You have cards that are for war. You've got city cards. You've got assassin cards. There's there's various types of cards. And you go through the multiple stages of the game. And it's four rounds. It's quick. It's simple. It's got mechanics that I enjoy of card drafting. You know, when I first started, you know, playing, I was like, okay. But then I'm like, oh, I see how this is working. And I'll admit, it's got me hooked. Now, I'm not too keen, you know me, on spending money to up enhance the cards in my deck and things like that. And so it's got that, and, you know, all, get, all apps got in-app purchases. You have to. That's how they make their money. Can you earn cards by playing? Uh, you can earn coins by playing, by beating certain uh, AIs, by beating various people online. You can earn coins, and then you can use those coins to buy additional cards. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to attack somebody else's city, and somebody's trying to attack yours? You're just trying to destroy their armies. Got okay. it. Okay, I see. It, it comes down to you're just trying to earn victory points. That's it. <laughs> and the cards that you choose have victory points. In order to get the cards, you got to buy them. So you got to have gold. And the cards cost are reduced if certain cards have wood, stone, wheat, ah, sheep. I don't know. It's got all these uh, clay um, gems. So certain cards need those. Reminiscent of, that's right, Marty, Seven Wonders. 
<laughs> well, I was thinking about Catan earlier because you're sitting there saying sheep, wood, or I know, but no, it's, it's reminiscent of Seven Wonders. You know how you had to have the various things to buy the cards. Yes. The, yeah. Okay. The various. Uh, God, why, the resources to buy the cards. Resources. Why, yeah. Yeah. Why, why was I thinking elements? I don't know. So yes, that, that's Age of Rivals by Roboto Games. I'm very pleasantly pleased now one thing i'm not liking is finding a friend from a, you know phone a friend i haven't figured that one out yet and that's one thing about apps trying to get through all the various functions you can do so i'm not sure if you have a way to enter friends because i was looking for you but you're on a different platform so it may not be cross-platform haven't dwelled into it that, that much but you know if it's still cheap people and if you can get the base for a dollar hey well, you know where we have filler games? This is another good toilet game. Yeah, I, I can always use a good toilet game. I, we all can. It makes the time oh, yeah. go. It makes the time pass. <laughs> Along with other things. Uh, uh, yeah, that's called prunes. Stronghold Games, uh, last Essen, uh, released their new uh, Fast Forward series. And this is a series of games that uh, designed by Friedman Freeze, because everything's all green. Where the idea is that you, don't forget your Fs. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Fra- fast forward, and, and there's three types of games. There's fast forward fear, fast forward flee, and fast forward fortress. Now the beauty of these games is kind of like fabled fruit, where the fabled fruit you start out with that like basic rules, and as you play into the deck and play into the game, uh, more rules are exposed to you. That's exactly how this is. Now, when you open up the box, there are no rules. You just basically have a deck of cards that are wrapped. Please don't shuffle them when you open them. They tell you don't shuffle those cards. And you basically take the top card and it tells you kind of the starting rules of the game. Uh, for example, the one that I have is Fear, which is a where you're playing against uh, uh, other players and you take off that top card, you read the rules, you put them into play. It'll tell you, deal out this many cards, etc., And then you start playing the game. As you progress down into the deck, you may run across another card that changes an existing or adds to an existing rule. And there is a point in the game where where you're supposed to win and the game ends. And when you do, you stop. You you take the cards that were discarded and you you put them away, but you continue from the top of the deck. And the idea is that you play down through the entire deck and it probably takes about, uh, uh, I don't know, nine to 15 times to actually get through the deck. But as the game progresses, it's constantly changing. So it's a really cool idea that I was actually a little bit skeptical of. Like, there's no way I'm just going to open this deck of cards and we just start playing and we did now fear is one that's probably a little on the easier side tony uh if you're a gamer this one might not be a good one for a bunch of gamers to sit around with but i played with my like mom and dad and my sister it was perfect for them okay there there wasn't a lot to grasp as you started to play through the game it kind of made sense and once they got used to a rule it's like oh look bam here's a new rule and it tweaked it a little bit. And so it's easy, easy to learn. But the other ones are a little bit different in that the fast forward flea is a fully co-op game. And it's like, you know, for it's like for solving uh, puzzles. So you're working together in that aspect. And the last one is Fortress. And the thing about is, is, is like uh, there's, there's bluffing mechanics in this game. Uh, you're trying, you, you take risk and you try to outwit and bluff, bluff your friends to become uh, basically the, the, uh, ruler of, of a kingdom. So they're all three different themes. They all three play differently, but all have that same aspect is you just open the box and you start playing. And what's cool is when you're done, uh, there's like numbers at the bottom of the cards so that you can reorder the deck and like hand it off to a friend. 
and then they can play. The MSRP on this is like $19.95, so you can find it online dirt cheap. So if one of those three sounds good to you, and it's like I said, it's a good way to kind of introduce people to games and you ain't got to read through a bunch of rules, just open the box and start playing, man. You know, that's brilliant, but you need to have more players than just one. No, don't look at me like that. I, I mean, I'm sitting here, you gave me one of them and I, I didn't get it to the table. I'm sorry. Which one do you have? That one. Which one? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either Fortress or Flea. Which is the middle one? What do you mean the middle one? I don't know. You tell me the hard. You said pick one. I said, I don't know. Give me, give me no, one. No, no, no. One's co-op and the other one's not co-op. I don't know which one you got. They're both green. Do you want to put the audience on hold while I run downstairs and see which one I got? <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite all right. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Okay, because I just want to make sure that I don't want to disappoint. I will get it to the table and I'll report back. Can I do that? Yes, you can. I'm, I'm sure Bonacore would be pleased that you did that. But yeah, this is a cool little series uh, from that fable fruit type, type fable type series. So I really like to see what they're doing with this, and uh, it, it works. I was surprised, but it works. Listen, I got to get Donna on Charterstone. Don't ask Donna to do too much on this. I mean, I'm already pushing the limits here. Yeah, you got a month left on Charterstone before you had to report back. <sighs> oh, God, I know. I got to get on that. But I did get a game to the table with you and our yes. other, and, and Kevin and, and Chris. The Commandos, that's right, mm-hmm. by Trenton Noir was the publisher. The designer is, and I'm going to go ahead and say it right now, there's no way I'm going to get this right. I completely apologize, but I am going to try my best to get through this. Designer, Thabal de la Tourne. You asked it like a question, like, ah, I can't answer that. I know you can't. I'm just like, I got, you know. What got my attention on this game, this game was a Kickstarter game, was that it plays, you know, one to four, best with one to four. And it's a co-op. So, hey, you know I love my co-ops. God, mm-hmm. God enjoy my co-ops here. And World War II setting. Enjoy the theme. All right? Yeah, I love I love that theme. Yeah. Two for two. Uh, and what's, the, what's number three here? Modular boards for set up random encounters. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, all right, we're going to get this to the table. So, I watch a video. I read the rule book. I'd bring it to the table unpunched and I'd get abused for that. When you introduce the game, we plan to play a game and Tony sits down and takes the shrink wrap off and says, hey guys, help me punch the game. You gotta be kidding me. Half the fun of a new game is punching the game. No, it's not. We're wasting valuable playtime punching your game. Well, do you expect me to waste my valuable time to spin there and punch out all those pieces when I could get four people to do it? Okay, good point. Thank you. So the whole idea, and people can go read the rules if they want, and that's one little, mm, the, the rules, it was easy to miss a few things. Okay, miss a lot. We, I missed a lot. But I think this game has something in the operational aspect. There, there's ways that you can go out and do long campaign. Yes, and I think that's where this game will shine. We yeah. played just some introductory stuff. And I don't think we got to see a lot of the deep strategy, right? Because uh, we just played we just played some of the easier things just to kind of see how the game plays. The really cool thing about this is, like you said, it, it's co op. You're playing as one of the allies um, against the the Axis. You're a commando. Yes, yes. But what the cool thing is is you're not going in guns blazing. It's not like you're trying to kill off all the enemies. It's about stealth. Mm-hmm. And I like that aspect. If you're into video games like uh, Metal Gear Solid stuff, where the idea is to stay stay as stealthy as possible 
That's what this is. You're trying to stay quiet as possible. You're trying to, you got missions. You're just trying not to be seen. Like one of the missions we did, Tony, we had to go blow up some stuff. We had to set uh, charges and blow things up. But what's cool is, is, is your stealthiness depends on what tile that you're on. If you're on a huge tile, you can't be stealthy. Everybody can see you. But if you're on a small tile, it's easy to be stealthy. And if you look at it, give them, give them credit here. The tiles have like, it's a room with furniture or it's a mm-hmm. small tile that has bushes and, and supplies on it. So basically the theme is you're hiding behind that. So don't overthink this. But if you're, like you said, you're on that large tile, there's nothing really there for you to hide behind. You're out in the open. Right. And I like how they incorporate it. I mean, that's little things that can make a game, you know, sell it to you on the theme. Yeah. And, and like I said, the stealthy is what did to me. You also have different classes of commandos. There was mm-hmm. medic, there was sniper that had different abilities. Some were better at healing, some better, obviously, at shooting. Uh, there were some guns that had like silencers so that when you shot the gun, it didn't alert uh, the Germans. Uh, the mechanics of, you know, when they were alerted, the Germans would immediately come after you. Uh, combat resolution was easy because the different tiles have different values to hit. You're easier to hit on a large tile than a, a small tile because you're, you're easier to see or harder to see. Uh, that part was really kind of cool. I was looking over some of the other uh, campaigns and scenarios, Tony. Those get really deep. And yeah. It's almost like a puzzle that you're trying to solve. It's like, okay, we've got this area that we need to move through and figure out how to do this. While avoiding the Germans, and, and what's neat is at the beginning of each round, the, there's this event deck that the events will change the game slightly, but it also tells you what direction the Germans will move at the end. If they can see you, they move towards you, but if they can't, they'll move north, south, east, or west. And so you kind of know where they're going to be going. We, Like you said, we played the quick scenario to, to get used to it because those long campaigns, you know, when I, re- I was reading them and it's like with four players, this is three hours. I'm like, this is a learning game. This isn't going to happen. This is Twilight Imperium length right here. No, that is half of Twilight Imperium length. <laughs> yes, but on a learning game, it takes it up there. Okay. I want to get it back to the table. We we had some rough spots. Yeah, we, we did. But I like the style of game. And yes. like, like, like you, I like World War II themed games. At first, when I saw it, I thought the art was too cartoony. But once I saw the actual art of the game, I, I didn't feel that way at all. I, I took it a little more seriously. I, I do like the idea uh, of loot drops. When, mm, when yeah. you kill one of the enemies, they they drop something, and you have a bag full of tokens, and it could be uh, medic kits, uh, extra weapons, uh, grenades, etc. One of them was really cool, Tony, was a German outfit yes. where you could put it on, and then you could be stealthy and like walk around among the Germans, and they wouldn't notice you. And, and that would have been a way to get in across the large tiles to go get to an objective. Or you pull out of the bag, and there's this eyeball. And now, uh-oh. It's like you've made you've you've not sounded the alarm, but you 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 can now be you've seen. Been seen. You've been sighted. You've yeah, been sighted. Exactly. So, so randomly, every once in a while, when you kill somebody, you may garner, garner the attention of somebody else. Like, wait a minute, my buddy just fell down. Hey, he got shot by him. Boy, once you get seen, the game quickly ramps really bad. So that's where you actually have to try to get to a point where you can go stealth again. Try to run and hide. Go back into stealth mode so they can't see you, and then they'll kind of leave you alone and start walking away from you. So if you like co-op games with a World War II theme, 
It, to me, and Tony, you said this, uh, it's kind of flashpointish. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, that same idea where you're moving between rooms and doing things that have different objectives. You have a certain number of actions per turn that you're trying to take. It's kind of like that as far as the feel and how you play it. Or maybe like Zombie Side. Uh, Zombie Side, you got multiple actions per turn. And Zombie Side, you're just trying to go out and kill stuff. The difference is, in this one, you're trying to hide and stay in the shadows. All right. So that's Age of Rivals, Fable Series, V Commandos. In a nutshell. As we're waiting on Ignacy's latest games to come out from Portal Games, he's kind of teasing us with a few expansions here that people can get really excited about. One is an expansion to Alien Artifacts, the uh, big card game that came out last year from him. It's actually up for a Golden Geek Award. And then Tony, one of our favorite games, Imperial Settlers, has a new expansion called... Did you learn all the lyrics to that song? No. By Billy Joel? No, I never did. I tried, but I, I it was he just says too many words too quickly. Yes, I don't need to, but I will say that did Imperial Settlers, we didn't start the fire. Did the font increase? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so no, no, but the fun increased. Yes. The font didn't increase, but the, the, the fun increased with some with some new uh, techniques and cards that are there in the game. Tony, we haven't had a chance to get the table yet. We just got it. But I'm really anxious to pull Imperial Settlers back out, mix these cards in to see how the uh, game plays. And like I said, Alien Artifacts hasn't been out long, but he already has an expansion for it. So if you want to go check out those and other games, go check out portalgames.pl. At the end of the year, we always have our survey. And Tony, this year we ask, hey, What's some things you want us to talk about, have more coverage on? And Tony, one of the most popular things was, guys, why don't you talk about some old games? Because we're old people. We can talk about old (laughs) games. That's right. And it's true. Everybody is so called up, including us, in the cult of the new that lots of times there are classics out there that are still worth getting to the table and trying out and playing. So, Tony, we said, you know what? This year we're going to do it. And that's what we're going to do uh, with this, uh, with our new, not a, not a new, actually it's our existing five-minute initiative. But the idea is that we're going to look at older games. We're going to look at classic games. We're going to look at games to see, do they still stand up against the newer games? It could be games that we've never played before and experience them for the first time and tell you how we feel about them compared to maybe newer games and everything like that. The whole idea is to bring these old games off the shelf, blow the dust off, get them on the table, see how they play now and how they compare to current games and see if they're still worth playing. And with that, here's our new five-minute initiative. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two... So our first game, Stone Age, it's one of those old games, kind of like us. We can relate, living back in the Stone Age, Marty. Well, it feels like we lived back in the Stone Age, but this game came out in 2008, so it was 10 years old. In fact, when we decided we wanted to do one of these older style games, like, what was big 10 years ago? Stone Age was it. And Tony, I've never played Stone Age before, so I was excited to try it out. Now, I have, and I was glad to get it back to the table. Game was designed by Bernard Brunhofer. I'm probably messed that one up. Z-Man Games is the one that we got. It's published by everybody and their brother. We were talking about, you know, keeping the rules simple. Basically, you are putting workers out to go collect resources, to use those resources 
to collect tiles and convert those tiles to victory points that have set collection involved in them that will help you increase your number of victory points at the end. <laughs> person that has the most victory points is the winner. That's Stone Age. It is a basic intro level worker placement game, which I think what the appeal was. It's like one of those go-to games for people. It's like, I want to teach somebody a worker placement game, and this is kind of the one that they went with. But Tony, there is something different in this that not a lot of Euros have, and that's dice. Now, the dice in this game, to me, well, I had some issues with them because I was rolling really sucky. I, I like the kind of the idea how it works. There's different resources in the game. There's wood, stone, or et cetera, and they have different point values, ranging from like from two to, to two to five. And the idea, Tony, this was kind of neat too. Usually you put one worker out to get something, but here you can deploy as many workers as you want to a resource. And after everybody's placed, you pick up that number of dice based on the number of meeples you have for that resource, and you roll them. You add them all up and divide by the value of that resource rounded down and you get that number of resources. For example, if a resource was a value of three and I rolled three dice and I got a value of 10 divided by three is three and a third. And I'll round it down and get three of those resources. It works that way for all of them. So the more resources you want, the more dice you have to deploy. But Tony, that's where I got kind of got a little frustrated because it's like the dice were just not nice to me that night. Uh, well, I can appreciate dice not being nice, and sometimes they roll your way, sometimes they don't. I like that. I like the mechanic. Mm. Do you feel lucky? Do you feel like you can send that one worker out there? Because some of the fields, or caves, or mountains, or streams, or whatever, have limited place. how many places can go there, how many people can be there, and gather the resources where you can hunt to get food, which we'll talk about in a second. But overall, I like the dice manipulation or the dice use in this game because i enjoy the push your luck aspect of this worker placement game yeah but see i'm not used to a push your luck in a in a, in a euro worker placement game but anyway that, that that's just me you mentioned food now tony one of your sticking points is having to feed people you got to feed people in this game i'm not a fan of feeding people let them starve <laughs> well you can't you got to feed the people you're going to be losing some resources so you got to make sure you go to the fields and get some food or actually one of the locations on the board is you can increase your food supply to make sure you have it each round and tony that's another thing too it seems like the first round or two is very scripted. It seems like the first three turns is people either went and increased their food. They went to the boom, boom hut or the love shack mm -hmm. to get an extra worker to use, but that's another person you got to feed. Or you went to the tools as a mechanic to be able to increase your die roll. And that's another thing too. I'm used to Euro games now where sometimes you want to increase the die. Sometimes you want to decrease it. And I ask you guys, well, how do you decrease the die? And y'all laugh. You never want to decrease the value of the die. That's where this game felt a little aged and dated to me. I'm used to like a dice mechanic where manipulation may be plus, maybe minus. So that's where it felt somewhat dated. Okay, that's fine. I'll give you that point. It's, it's dated from that standpoint. And you're right. It is scripted at the beginning. Everybody's fighting over those three locations so that they can set up their engine so that they can later go fight over the resources so they can get the better tiles, which that's how you get your victory points and victory points are how you win. I don't disagree with you that it's dated, but I'm still going to put it on the table to help people learn about these concepts when I'm teaching a game. Mm. I'm not going to drop Pulsar on the table for them, you know? <laughs> no, no. But see, my go-to has always been kind of Lords of Waterdeep, and now I'm trying to decide which one would I do, Lords of Waterdeep or Stone Age. Now, Stone Age has a big benefit, the theme. Very easy to understand. Yes. Lords of Waterdeep, 
And if you don't understand D&D, it may be sort of confusing, but I like the mechanics of it better. So I see the value of it as an intro game. But Tony, I really missed one thing. I didn't smell the cup. Why didn't you tell me to smell the cup? I didn't realize smelling the cup was a thing. I didn't realize you hadn't because I didn't realize at the time when we were playing that this was your first playthrough or we, you would have been smelling the leather cup that comes in this game. Now, we'll say this, Stone Age you can get. You cannot get the expansion. So hopefully they'll reproduce that. I'm still looking for it. Maybe I'll find it out there in the wild. Is it worth putting on uh, in everybody's closet? For me, it is. But then again, I play with a lot of new types of gamers. And for me, I don't know that I need to put it in my closet. I mean, there's no way to take the first player. It just it just feels dated. I'll play again. I can see where I use it to introduce somebody to it. But I'm not sure. I just need it on my shelf. I might rather teach with a different worker placement game. Five-minute initiative is now tony and i rarely rarely will do previews for kickstarters there, there's just so many kickstarters coming out that if we if we started doing them we we wouldn't could never stop and do anything different but every once in a while there, there's one that kind of catches our eye that's what happened here with a game that's coming out on kickstarter and it's actually a kickstarter now called cult from cryptozoic the reason why it caught my eye tony is cryptozoic recently has been mainly about ip games if you want to uh, you know a dc game or a game based on a tv show or a game on rick and morty cryptozoic is kind of your go-to company but what they did is they reached out to us and say hey guys we got this new game coming out it's not based on an ip it's kind of a worker placement game with kind of a lovecraftian theme would you be interested in looking at it and i thought that's different and I think I would. And this game by Konstantin Seleznev. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I apologize again for butchering names like we tend to do on here. This one kind of surprised me, Tony, because when I saw the box art and everything, I thought, oh, Lovecraftian, probably a Meritrashy or a little light Euro. It's not. This is kind of like a medium weight Euro with a lot of interesting decisions and a lot of interesting design mechanics inside of it. Okay, so here's one of the things I want to do. I want to go back and restart the whole show. Okay. Because the song for the show just popped in my head. Cult of Personality. Dang it! That would have been an awesome song. I could have come up with some cool trivia for that. I really fumbled the ball on that one. Cult of Personality. Man! Dang it! Uh, now, <laughs> now, tell me something. I understand that yes. you know you were talking about IPs and so forth and so on. Yeah. How is this Lovecraftian Cthulhuism stuff not an IP? Because I think it's beyond its. It's over a hundred years old, or there's some. It, it's ran out. It's, it's basically it, it's open source. <laughs> that's that's the wrong term, I think. Uh, but it's it's public domain. I it's public domain. Right I understand that, yeah. but it seems like. As much as it's done with it, just uh, it always seems like when a game is done over and over and over, it seems like to yeah. me it's an IP. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I, I get that. And this theme has been overdone. And uh, people are going to be like, oh, come on, another Lovecraftian theme. Yes, okay, get by the theme for a second. But what this game is at its core, and what I think this is kind of cool is this is a worker placement game, this is an area control game, this is a game with variable player powers. This is a game with three paths to victory. There's a lot of little tick boxes that I look for in a game, especially in a Euro, and, and this game had it. Okay, I'll give you that. It had it. I was not feeling the love like you were. 
Okay. As the game progressed, uh, the love started to build. I started appreciating it. It was one of those times when I was like, all right, it's not clicking for me. Why am I not getting this? Why am I, you know, there's a lot to do on the board here. You've got to figure out your engine and the engine. I, I didn't have a little engine that could. Yeah. And, and that's what's, the, that's what I think is misleading about this game. I think it looks like one of those games. Oh, this is pretty straightforward until you dig into it. Like you said, there's a lot of little rules and stuff. Uh, that's going on that people need to remember. One thing that wasn't in the prototype that I hope's in the Kickstarter, I'm not sure if it is, is player aids. This game really needed player aids. Yeah. There's really only two phases in the game. The first is you're putting out your priest. Your priest have ranks from one to five, and you start out with just a priest of one, two, and three. And you put them on one of 13 locations. And after your priests are placed you, and everybody has passed, you resolve each location. Whichever uh, person has the highest value of influence or the highest value of their priest at a location wins that location and gets to do its ability. That's the part to where with these 13 locations, like you said, Tony, it's like, okay, I got to get a little engine going. I need to go to this location to make sure that I have money so that then this location resolves. I can go out and get a new priest or increase the level of this priest to make sure to have them to put them over here to build a altar on a location that's permanently there. So I ain't got to place the priest there the first time. The game kind of snowballs into a very simple game to one of a lot of decision points by the end. Marty, I appreciate you describing it in as dry as terms as you could. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. he, he did. He sucked the Cthulhuism marrow right out because people, let me tell you right now, you are a priest trying to get followers the theme is you're recruiting because your deity is the best plain and simple and you want mm -hmm. people to come to your side mm -hmm. you've got to embrace that theme and this dry euro area control board you know suddenly makes a lot of sense and, and I think that's, that's key for people to realize as they look over this Kickstarter decide if they want to spend their hard-earned money, which you and I have already talked about. People are pulling money out of our wallets left and right on Kickstarter, or they're at least trying to. So what is it that you like in a game? Do you enjoy that aspect of fighting for area control? Because this game's got it. It's got cards that help you secretly go in and adjust that area control. It's got cards that like to screw thy neighbor. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you want player interaction in a Euro, lots of times Euros are like solitary, right? It's like, there's not a lot of player interaction. These, this game has cards called intrigue, which can basically kill followers, uh, take away mobs and mobs are important because mobs are one of the end game conditions. You collect four mob tokens. Uh, you win the game. It may destroy altars, which is another end game condition because if you get five altars on the board, you win the game. So those backstabby cards are in there. If you don't like backstabby games and you're not going to be happy about this one because they eventually come into play. But what's neat is, Tony, you talked about the followers. I'm sorry. Did you uh, say it's neat? I did. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm copying you. But it only it only goes off for you, not me. Oh, so the bells only ring when I say neat, not when you say it? It's like, I can go neat, 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 neat. I see, see nothing happens. Oh, that sucks. But what's neat is you start off with only two followers. This is the cool part. There's 13 locations on the board, 
But to get to certain locations, you have to have X number of followers. Like the first road requires zero followers. The next row requires one. The next row requires three. Next row requires five. The last row requires seven. So there's this slow build. Instead of having 13 uh, locations available to you at the beginning, you've only got, um, it's like six or seven at the very beginning of the end because you don't have enough followers to go anywhere else. But as you collect followers, that unlocks other locations that you can go to. So the game starts out slow and then builds. And then, Tony, and then talked about getting fanatical mobs. What's cool is, is at the end of your turn, after you've placed all your priests, if you have fanatical mobs, you might be able to activate another location. Some require one uh, fanatical mob, some two, some three. So that's another way to actually take another advantage of a location. The goal is you got to learn all the locations and how they work. And that's one thing I don't think that's going to be on here, but I wish it did. I did wish there was symbology on the board. All the locations are text, which means you're constantly reading, okay, which one, did, what did that location do again? I wish there was some sort of symbology with the text so you could quickly identify. Oh, that's the one that gets me the priest. Oh, that's the one that gets me money. Oh, that's the one that gets me the intrigue card. I'm going to disagree right there. Okay. I don't have to teach iconography to a new game player. If they ask me a question, I say, read the freaking board. It's right there. Read it. But during the game, we were kind of looking. It's like, wait a minute. I need to build an altar. Which one's the altar building location you're kind of looking around for? But you'll find it. You'll learn it as you play the yeah. game more and more. You'll you'll know it. All in all, I mean, I like that aspect of it. I like the fact that you have that on there. And all those rules that you've already mentioned, you have cards that will be able to come out, and they can break the followers rule, or yeah. they can create other issues for you. And I mean, you've got multiple ways to adjust. You talked about fanatical mobs. I mean, there's ways to get around these, and all of that comes together to form that engine that lets you get to the in-game condition. And by the way, you haven't mentioned yet, you got a money resource in this game. You got to worry yeah. about money because Lord knows we got to pay off our followers we got to pay off the cult to come with us because money what makes everybody happy in this world yeah but what's cool is if even if you if you lose a location you get paid alms so even if you don't win a location you're still going to get a little bit of money back yeah how's that work how's that work in theme i i guess it's the fact that oh well i'm sorry you didn't get this location here, here here's a coin have a coin no, no this I, here's i see it you're a better a priest at that location and you're getting all the followers and I'm just standing outside the door with my little hand open. <laughs> alms saying, for the poor. Alms for the poor. Alms for the poor. Exactly. That's what's going on. <laughs> I got my little hat out there. My little cow. Oh, speaking of money. Now there was another card too. There's the license cards and those cards you get and they're permanently in play. And typically they help you increase the value of your patriarch, which is a special priest with an X on it, where X is the number of followers that you have. So you can make it more powerful to, based on the number of followers, but you can also just permanently increase with these license cards. But the, one of the license cards is a tax and I'll have a list of locations. And anytime somebody goes there, they have to give you a coin. And Tony, you got so ticked at that because like that. two of us had tax cards and you were constantly paying money to other people. I did not like that. I did not like that. Sam, I am. I was not happy about the little tie that you had to pay to people because that in, that really can mess you up. But I should have realized that the way to get around that was to go get the fanatical mob Get the followers up so I could go get a fanatical mob. Why does that sound like diabolical laugh? Fanatical <laughs> mob. By, by the way, people, that's from the Muppet movie. Well, uh, no, that was from not the Muppet movie. That was from the the newest Muppet movie. 
maniacal laugh. <laughs> 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 Summon it up, people. It's simple game from the standpoint of you're trying to get your deity to be the one to eat the world. That's the last winning condition. Or one of the other ones is uh, you basically have a, a card that has variable player powers based on like once Cthulhu, et cetera, the different types of deities. And you have special powers that you can activate and you can su- you're trying to summon them. And there's this one location, location 13, where if you can get a number of influence on there that equals uh, your, your divine number on your deity card, it flips over to the dark side where it makes it even more powerful. And if you can do, summon do that summoning one more time that's another trigger to win the game so there's three ways to win there's three paths to victory and tony in our game we kind of had the situation where there was a person that was concerned is if somebody starts running away we're just going to attack him and knock him down right and that's kind of what happened the uh, chris was trying to build altars so we destroyed his altars chris was trying to do fanatical mobs we killed his fanatical mobs meanwhile secretly not secretly I was actually getting towards the winning condition. And what happened in our game was on the last round, I had a, was going to win if I successfully I completed a condition or Chris was going to win. And this is where I referenced earlier. We had a kingmaker, Tony. And Kevin had a card in his hand that said, well, if I play this on Marty, Chris wins. If I don't play it, Marty wins. And then Kevin decided basically I'm going to let Chris win. So it did have a kingmaker element that I guess maybe just sometimes happens in games, but eh, wasn't crazy about that. I can understand that. Anytime where someone can change the outcome of the game on the last play, yeah, that that just never tastes good in the old mouth. That's just, uh, you know, what is that, mango burnt chutney? It just doesn't taste good. Again, we were trying to figure out, man, this game almost needs an, an in-game clock or round mark, but it just wouldn't work. When there's three different no. victory paths, we couldn't think of a way for an in-game clock to work. So it doesn't have it. So uh, one of the guys, Kevin's word, is this going to be Munchkin where we see somebody jump ahead and we pull them back? And then somebody jump ahead and we pull them back. There was a little bit of that going on, but it didn't make the game drag on. Uh, what happened is people just started going down multiple paths of victory until they finally got the one that they could achieve to win. Well, you say it didn't drag on, but I was getting grumpy. You were getting grumpy, but it didn't click for you. Like you said, I think it clicked for me and Chris pretty quickly. And then, uh, you and Kevin came along after that, but, uh, Chris for sure, because he was going down multiple paths to victory. So Here's the thing. If this is a game that sounds interesting to you, like I said, there's a lot going on. And when you see it, you think, oh, okay, this is uh, Mansions of Madness. This is Eldritch Hari because of the theme. I'm probably going to be rolling dice and it's an Ameritrash game. It's not. It's a Euro game. And at first I thought, oh, it's going to be a light Euro game. It's not. It's probably more of a medium weight Euro simply because of all the decisions you can make, simply because of the multiple paths to victory. The art looks good. I do think it's easy to learn. The rule book was pretty good. So uh, I'm sure they're going to make tweaks over time. We again played the prototype. So what we said here may change over time, but it is on Kickstarter right now. It looks like Cryptozoic is going down a new path in their game line. So if you're interested in Cult, go check it out on Kickstarter and uh, it'll eventually come out on uh, retail after it's uh, after it's been delivered to its backers. <laughs> We mentioned this on the Squirrelies. The Broken Token has these incredibly 
nice dice tumblers that you can go out to their website and purchase up that will make your dice flow exactly how you want them. We wish. No, they won't do that. They'll just make the dice fall out and come up with a random result like all good dice tumblers. But they are really, really intricately designed. You can put them on your tables. You can attach them to a wall. They've thought of everything with these dice tumblers. They're modular. You can buy a bottom piece that can go on to multiple middle pieces. It's, it's just such a neat concept. Go check it out at thebrokentoken.com. Well, it is about time to announce the winner of a contest that I don't know if I really appreciate it, Marty. There's three winners in this contest where people were asked to submit using a grumpy Tony image <laughs> to incorporate it somehow to some sort of board game themed image. And we got a lot of great submissions. I got a kick out of this. This was pretty funny to me. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm not laughing. Okay, some of them were pretty darn good. I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah, some of them were pretty darn good. And in fact, those are the ones we kind of picked to win. Imagine how that works. You pick the good ones to win. <laughs> no, they were all good, right? They were. It, it was hard. It was a hard decision to make. We had to do a straw poll among ourselves and filter the stuff to the top. Yeah, it was convoluted. We almost had to call in the... Um, Thank you for being friends, accounting service again, but we didn't. We were able to figure it all out. We had memes. We had box covers. Uh, we had uh, uh, several things going on, but the goal was for us to pick three uh, that we thought was uh, worthy of a uh, RDT and Mason jar. Well, they're all worthy, but the three that really stood out to us. And uh, the first one that really stood out to me was one of the earlier ones was from Joshua Schwinn. <laughs> Where they put uh, Tony's face onto Russell Crowe's Russell Crowe's in Gladiator and put that on the front of a stripe box. That was good. Immediately, Tony and I were like going over what's which ones in there. Both of us said the strike one. I mean, that was right there at the top. I wish Russell Crowe had my body, but I appreciate him photoshopping that on top of you know a lesser one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that ain't gonna right. that's not it. That was a cute one. And it is so true to put it on such a incredible game. Amazing game. You play to the judge there. You play to the judge, Joshua. Yeah, he, he did. And it worked. It, it playing to the judge. It's like, it's like you know, where you're writing essays in school, they always said, write what they want, you know, what they want to hear, which is what I did all the time. So, so that that worked here too. And then we gave some I gave this next one to um just a really great use of Photoshop skills. Somebody took the uh, cover to Topiary and uh, put Tony's face onto the uh, little dinosaur, little green dinosaur, and call it Grumpy Tonyary. But there's also a little squirrel on the cover, Tony. And the squirrel again, play to the judges. And uh, that one came out on top too. And that's from Ken Broman. And you got to admit that one though, it was really well done from the standpoint of how he, how he was able to cut it at the right and, and fit it all in there and pull the green out. You know, I know that's a fill technique, but you didn't lose all the intricacies of my beautiful face. <laughs> you know, you could still make out that it was me. And I appreciate the little dinosaur part because I used to always do little T-Rex arms with my daughter. You know, T-Rex arms. And and so, yes, that one was cute. And yes, the squirrel on the image, they, it did speak to us again. 
but oh, please tell me this is going to end soon. <laughs> Just one more. <laughs> On Twitter, we had at Madbana uh, submit through the ages. Now, all these are going to be on our website for the, the for blog post. So if you go out to uh, RollDiceTakeNames.com or RollingDiceAndTakingNames.com, either one works. And look here, we'll have the three images posted here. And I'll probably throw them on Facebook at uh, RollDiceTakeNames and on Twitter if you follow us at Dice and Names. Heck, I'll put them on the guild too at 1589. Uh, the last one was through the ages. Now through the ages is one of those where there's a, a lot of different pictures of different historical figures and uh, mad bond. I basically put Tony's grumpy face on each one of those pictures. Another great job of Photoshopping, but it was just funny seeing your face plastered all over that box. And yes, it was real funny to see my, but I really appreciate the Napoleon image. I just thought, you know, I could do that. I could, that'd be a good looking costume on me. And the name of the game is now Through the Ages, A New Story of Grumpetization. I know. (laughs) So that is three great, I mean, they were all great. Uh, I'll give them that. But there will be payback in the future, Marty. I'm working on it. Oh, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. It's coming. So I need to, to get prepared for it. And we're also going to give one more jar away because. One of our pledge levels on our pod pledge page, which is at podpledge.com slash RDTN. If you give it the $10 level or higher, you're automatically entered into every single contest that we do. And we just randomly picked a person who had met that level. And that is our good bunny, Tony. Did I say bunny? Good buddy, Chris McKinney. So now look at it like this, man. You're getting another (laughs) mason (laughs) jar. From RDTN, because you need to. Because Chris was kind enough to also pledge to the part we also gets a jar. So, Chris, you're, you're going to be getting two of those. So, congratulations. And if you want to be entered in every contest, that's right. You can get a participator to do anything. You're just automatically entered. Just go to podpledge.com slash RDTN and give up to the, or at the minimum, the $10 level, and you'll be entered into every single contest that we do. And so, Mario, let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. So, all those people that have contributed at that level more, I got a feeling we're going to start you know giving out these Mason jars, they're going to be like, please, stop sending this stuff to me. People like free stuff. And in fact, we're also working, Tony uh, today has placed an order for our dice from Chessex. Mm-hmm. So we got three different colored dice coming in that we're very excited about. And when we get those in, we'll be shipping out our jars and our dice uh, to our backers that got that. And Tony is starting reaching out to people asking for what size shirt you wear as we'll get your shirt uh, sent out to you also. And uh, Tony and I have been talking about some exciting things that uh, we want to have going on this summer. We have some new shirt ideas. Uh, we got Gen Con that we're going to be together at that we're going to start working on some plans there. Yeah, before you keep going and going and on about this, let's talk about that real quick, about vacations and and our where we're going to be. So for 2018, it's pretty well set. You and I will be at Gen Con. Yes. Plain and simple, Gen Con, that's where we're at. We are looking to do another strike tournament again this year. Uh, We're starting to get in the planning stages of that. We can hopefully, knock on wood, uh, pull that off again. And if we do, we got some special ideas that uh, we want to do there. A lot of stuff's coming down the pike. Uh, We've got our pod pledge 
a campaign going on right now. We just finished the squirrelies. So we're kind of in this area as we're waiting for the con season to start, but we're already planning on it. So remember, if you want to keep up with everything that we're doing, go to the, all those places that I mentioned earlier, the Facebook, the Twitter, the, the Guild, and make sure to join those. And please back us if you want to. And you can also leave us a uh, review in iTunes, which is helpful. And basically, I just did our whole ending spot, so I'm not sure what I'm going to say during the music part after the show, Tony. Kind of maybe you could mention where I was going to is where all the other conventions you're going to be at. Okay, I'll do that during the music part. So, Tony, take us out of here. Well, I'm only going to be at Gen Con. It's kind of depressing. Well, hey, that is your choice. I know. Really wanted to go to Rocky Mountain, but that's not going to happen. Did you see where Ted Osbach's going there? Yes, I did see where Ted Osbach's going. Oh, did you see Whistle Stops getting an expansion? Very cool. I'm excited. That's, that is so cool. It is. I want to get Whistle Stop back on the table. Can we get Whistle Stop on the table? Sure. We can get anything on the table, can't we? Anything you want to. Well, I as take, long as it fits the schedule of everything else we've got to do. Well, that's okay. we got time. I, well, maybe some. But either way, keep rolling dice. And taking names. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to see us, we're going to be traveling to a few conventions this year. First, I'll be at Origins in Columbus in June. Tony and I will be together at Gen Con in Indianapolis in early August. Late August, I'll be at Mega Moose Con in South Carolina. And hopefully we'll be attending either PAX Unplugged or BGG Con. The cult of personality I know your anger I know your dreams I've been everything you wanna be Oh, I'm the cult of personality Believe life, you can't find me If you're alone, nobody can drag me down Man, you, you really did drop the ball on that one. I know. I'm sorry. After four years of sponsorship, we are sad to announce that Fun Again is no longer going to be selling games online. We've had a wonderful time working with Fun Again Games. They have been a great supporter of our show and have provided us wonderful content and prizes to give away all during the last four years. If you are in their area, they will still be keeping their brick and mortar stores open. And if so, please go support them. Thank you, Fun Again Games, for being our first ever sponsor. Thank you.